Phil and Reese and then myself as well have all preached various aspects of the gospel. And that has been incredibly encouraging to me. Um, Over the last few weeks, um, the Lord has, um, and then especially after what Phil shared on on Sunday uh, afternoon in our family meeting, um, I was just uh, really stirred up to think about um, how the gifts that God gives us are really the application of the gospel. You know, we can study about um, how God saves us, but the um, the gift of the gospel isn't something that we keep inside. It isn't. It's something that the Bible says out of our innermost being flow rivers of living water. And Phil did an amazing job um, sharing um, the, the, the working of the different gifts and definitions of the gifts. But something that Anthony said has been um, just going around in my mind um, all week. He asked, and if I, I may say it wrong, but he said, I, he basically asked a question, and I think there was kind of an inferred question uh, with his question, and that was, how do we encourage one another to express our gifts? And the question that I had, um, in addition to, to Anthony's question, was how do I know what my gift is? And the purpose of my message this morning is not to talk about the individual gifts or go through lists or anything like that. But all week long, I've been thinking about 2 Timothy 1, 6. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. In the New King James, it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, Lord God, for this opportunity to be together as a church family, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us. Lord, uh, help us have ears to hear. Lord, give us a heart to understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the ESV um, says it a little bit different. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And so the question that the Lord has been having me meditate on is, how do we practically do that? How is it that we practically exercise the gifts that God has given every single one of us? And, you know, as I've been thinking about these gifts, a definition or a a purpose statement the Lord gave me is this. Spiritual gifts are given for the common good to build up the body of Christ. They are to be practiced and received in love. 1 Corinthians uh, 12.7 Turn with me. I, it's going to take me a little longer to turn. My wife got me a brand new Bible. And uh, I don't know about you, but my old Bible... It always falls open to the right place. 
And with this new one, all the, the nice pages are all clinging together, and so I have to turn. It takes a little bit longer to get there. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. Let's actually start up in verse 4. There are a diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences in ministry, of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And that phrase, for the profit of all, in another version, is for the common good. And so I think it's important for us to remember that before we even talk about how you know or how you go on the adventure of discovering the gifts that God has given you, I think it's important to understand the purpose. The purpose is for the good of the church. It's not for, it's not for um, I think like Phil said, it's not to put some kind of label on yourself or a badge or a crown or anything like that. It's for the good of the church. I also find it interesting that uh, one of the main sections that talks about gifts in, uh, in this uh, part of the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, um, you have 1 Corinthians 13 smack dab in the middle of 12 and 14. And I don't think that's by accident. When the, the 1 Corinthians 13 is, is um, the love chapter, and it spends 13 verses talking about how we should love one another. And I think that in the practicing and exercising and also in the receiving of gifts from others, we should let love be the thing that we, the, the, the filter that we see everything through. And lastly, in Ephesians 4.12, it talks about these gifts having the purpose of building up the body of Christ. Let's real quick go there. Ephesians 4, verse 12. Um, after talking about the gifts that he gave, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for works of ministry, for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's for the building up of the body of Christ. I also wanted, by way of introduction, just to say that spiritual gifts and natural talents are different. You can have someone who can speak well, you can have someone who's good at doing things. You can have someone who's naturally helpful. But that, even though natural giftings and spiritual gifts, because the gift is coming through a person, the spiritual gift is coming through a person, for instance, I have a loud voice. That's not a shock to anyone here. It has absolutely nothing to do with my spiritual gift. Just because I'm up here and could speak without a microphone, and anytime when I was growing up and did, my, and did nursing home ministry, the, old, the, the different elderly people would come up and hug me and say, you're the only one we 
could understand. I mean, it happened all the time. But that isn't my spiritual gift. It's just part of who Josh Scott is. And so the gifts that God has given me are going to come through the channel that I am. So even you're going to every different people can have the same spiritual gift and the, the, the vessel that God has made them, the, the, the person that God has made them to be filters that gift to make it unique to them. And so I just think it's very, very important for us to understand. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Are these, these gifts are different than just me being able to program or me being able to do or, you know, my wife being able to cook or teach our children or, or any of the, the, the natural things that we're able to do. Um, but the main difference between natural ability and spiritual gifts is the power of God. And I believe that God, as, as we encourage these things, as we seek the Lord, that we would function in the, in the way that He's called us to function in His body, we're going to be surprised how often God surprises us at the gifts each of us have. It's not just going to be the loudmouth, me, gets up and speaks. It's not, that's not going to... I hope that the reason that the Lord has called me to have the opportunity to preach this morning has nothing to do with the volume of my voice. or Because I'll be honest, in my, in my work, I have the opportunity to... Sh- I, have, I have to do uh, training seminars for people that that do the same thing that I do. And I'll be honest, that terrifies me. I am awful at talking about computer stuff. If you put me up in a room like this and ask me to talk about programming, I'm like an introvert. I can't, I mean, I just have the hardest time talking about it at all. But when you ask me to share about this, all of a sudden, it's not scary at all. Now, part of it, y'all aren't very scary, so it makes it really easy. But I think it's, inter- I just want to, before we go and talk about stirring up the gift that's in us, I want us to make sure that we, we separate things that are just natural from things that are supernatural. So, stir up the gift that's in you. The very first thing that the Lord reminded me that we need to be able, to, that we need to do to obey this commandment, to stir up, the gift that's in us. Now, do, first of all, notice that that's something that we do. If we sit and um, if we sit and are happy to just receive from the Lord for the rest of our lives and don't stir up the gift that God has put inside of each one of us, I believe that we can miss out on what God wants to do in our lives. But even more important than missing out in what us missing out, the church will miss out on what the Lord wants to use you for. And so in Ephesians 4.16, going down from where we just were reading, um, actually 15, but speaking the truth in love, 
we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by which, but that which every joint supplies according to the effective working of every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So I want us to, I want us to understand that it says the effective working of every part. That means that if one of us is not doing the part that God has called us to do, the church won't grow the way it ought to grow. The example that I was thinking about, given all the the football talk that's at my house, I have no idea how I can hear so much about football and not... Abel was trying to explain something to me yesterday, and I'm like, this is like Chinese to me. But the example that I thought of was this. The church is like a game where there are no spectators in the stands. The body of Christ is not a spectator sport. Every single member of God's body, of this family, is on the field. Whether it's listening well, or sharing well, or helping, or playing the piano, or any of the other things that that our gifts allow us to do, we all have to be involved for the body to grow the way it's supposed to grow. And so, if we're going to stir up the gift of God that's in us, we must first be ready. We must first decide, I'm not going to be a spectator. I'm not going just to sit back and watch everyone else use their gifts. I'm going to, do, I'm going to obey the Lord and use my gift the way the Lord has called me to use my gift. The second thing in stirring up our gifts is to be you. God, and I I touched on this in my introduction, but I just want to say, God has made you unique. He has made you different than every other person in this church fellowship. And the way that God calls you to exercise the gifts that he's given you is unlike the way he may call anyone else to use their gifts. And I think the most important thing is there is, as a, as a church family, we want to encourage this use of God, of use of our gifts. You know, I think that I read um, a quote. In the New Testament, we don't find our gifts through self-examination and introspection uh, and then find a way to express it. Instead, we love one another, serve one another, help one another, and in doing so, see how God has equipped us to do so. You know, I, I myself have, um, have struggled. You know, we don't want to allow ourselves to be put in a box. We want to allow God to to um, we want to allow God to show us how he wants us 
to express the gifts that he's given us. And I think that if we... um, So in one sense, in one sense, there's only one gift. Brother Yoon, who some of you went to Estes Park to hear, uh, said, do not be satisfied with God's callings or his gifts in your life. Be satisfied with Jesus. Also, Watchman Nee said, God will not give me humility or patience or holiness or love to separate as separate investments of his grace. He has only given me one gift to meet our need, his son, Jesus Christ. And so what I, the reason I bring that up is that I believe that the very first thing I grew up, and the reason I bring this up is I grew up in an Assembly of God background. I, I grew up, actually I probably went to every church denomination known to man, but one that I spent a good deal of time during my uh, teenage years was in the Assembly of God, Assemblies of God. And there are a lot, there is an an extraordinary amount of emphasis put on the gifts and seeking the gifts. And what I found is that many times in those contexts, what happens is we forget that the gift is Jesus. That's the reason I think that the, the foundation of understanding the gospel, the foundation of understanding what he's done for us, is so important and crucial in us looking at these gifts that he's given his church for us to function together, is the the gift, you know, whether it be apostle, prophet, all the, the different lists of gifts that we find in the in the in the Bible, evangelist, preacher, teacher, helps, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all these things are simply the expression of Jesus inside of us. It's not, we're not looking for these things, we're looking to Him. And if we look to Him and seek to love one another, as I read, then God will manifest His gifts through us. So yes, there's one main gift. You say, what's my gift? Well, what are you, what has the Lord put a burden on your heart for? I don't think our gifts surprise us. I don't think that our gift, it's not like my gift is over here, and I'm over here, and oh, that's my gift, okay, I'm going to go. No, our gifts are, there's something God gives us, and as part of him giving those gifts to us, he burdens our heart with something. So if, if you have a burden to play the piano and help lead worship, Don't be surprised if others are encouraged by your piano playing. If you have a burden to minister or to encourage um, sisters in the church, don't be surprised if God ends up, if if young, if sisters end up on your couch, I'm talking about our our sisters here, not me, Um, but don't be surprised if that if the Lord just leads those kind of people to be sitting in your in your home on your couch for you to share with. God puts a burden on our hearts and then his his giftings come out of us 
to express and to accomplish the burden that he's given us. So there's one gift, Jesus, but there also are many gifts. It's by my reading, and Phil, and Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, I found five partial lists of gifts in, um, in the New Testament. There might even be six. In Romans, in 1 Corinthians, in Ephesians, in 1 Peter, there are multiple lists, and they don't all match up. And I think that, uh, and, we, and we, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.8, that he gives gifts to men. We, we read in 1 Timothy 1.11 that Paul, and I think maybe, Phil, you mentioned this um, last Sunday, that Paul was said to be an apostle and teacher. Those are two separate gifts. So I, just, I want us to understand the picture that the Lord showed me as I studied this was that every single person in this body is going to receive different gifts, a different combination of gifts, a different... And, and so you mix that combination of gifts along with your unique personality and the person that God has called you to be and that, fun- and if all of us are functioning, every single one, every child, every every brother, every sister in this church, can begin to walk in the gifts that God has given them. So this is where I, this is where I really wanted to to get started. That was all a very long, very long introduction. I think the number one thing, let's actually turn to 2 Corinthians 3, 4. 2 Corinthians 3, 4. And we have such trust through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Then if you read a little bit bit further down, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I think it is very, very, very important as we stir up our gifts, if we forget everything else from what was shared today, if we're going to stir up the gifts that is in each one of us, we must do so with humility. This, these gifts are not about us they are about him i started thinking about this during uh the christmas season when i was getting all the gifts our gifts ready for our kids and i mean bet our closet began to get fuller and fuller that's where we we stash all the the christmas gifts and it got fuller and fuller and fuller until there wasn't a lot of room to get into our closet 
when you have nine kids and everybody gets a gift and then we're also storing all the gifts they get for each other. And it reminded me of the purpose for these gifts. These gifts, all that stuff in our closet wasn't for me. It was for my kids. Yeah, I I had them. I had gone and gotten them. But each one of those gifts were specifically chosen for one of my children. And in the same way, the gifts that God gives each one of us are not for us. They're for each other. In this last season, my family has been the recipient of gifts that you all have given. I think about I think about being overwhelmed one day after losing my dad or losing Caleb. I can't remember which loss it was. And I had gone to Boulder and come home and there was this beautiful piece of art on our fireplace that Soretta had made. And you're not going to find anywhere in the Bible makers of art as a spiritual gift. But that was a spiritual gift to my family. Soretta used the gift of encouragement that the Lord had given her and she had painted it out. I mean, there's no way. I, mean, I have a hard time drawing stick figures. And that, that piece of art had a verse or had a verse from a song that the Lord had been using in my life to help me know that the Lord was going to get me through the situation that we had been going through. And I'm not even sure she knew that. But the Lord put on her heart to put this part of a verse from a song on a canvas in the middle of raising her boys and all the stuff that she was doing in her day and bring it to us. And that, the best way that I can think and the way that keeps will keep us humble is to realize that we really are a ch- only a channel for the gifts that God gives. Soretta was a channel of God's grace to me and my family. And there are, that's just one example But she used the gifts that God had given her to minister to my family. And that, we can each do that for one another. And if we do that, then what Ephesians 4 calls us to do will happen. As we are a channel of God's gifts to one another, God will build up the body. And the body will be built up and we will be joined together in love. And it, you know, it's, it's so important that we realize, I, I could say it over and over and over, it wouldn't be enough. Every single gift matters. I think we've been in a context where only one or two gifts really mattered. I believe that that is, that is a sure way to destroy a church. If we believe that there are only one or two gifts that matter, one or two kinds of gifts that matter, We will be a poor, we will be a hungry church 
Because God has called and given each one of you gifts that He wants to use you as a channel to give to others. And it doesn't matter. I, I, I so appreciate what Reuben shared last week. It doesn't matter the visibility. The channel doesn't care. I would imagine that for each one of us, there are things that we do that other people notice. But if it, the thing that, we no, that other people notice about you is the only gift that God... That isn't the only gift that God has given you. I would imagine that a large portion of the gifts that God has given each one of us, others most will never know. If I hadn't brought that up this morning, no one would ever have known that Soretta had done that. It was a hidden gift. But it went so much to us. There's a song, it was probably my dad's favorite hymn. And I just want to read a few verses from it. Channels only. How I praise thee, precious Savior, that thy love lay hold of me. Thou hast cleansed, or saved and cleansed and filled me that I might thy channel be. Emptied that thou shouldest fill me a clean vessel in thy hand with no power, but as thou givest graciously with each command. Jesus, fill now with thy spirit hearts that full surrender know that the streams of living water from our inner man may flow. Channels only, blessed Master, but with all thy wondrous power flowing through us, thou canst use us every day and every hour. There is such power in realizing that it is not up to us to figure out. The stirring up of our gift, to me, is more about being ready. It's more about being available. It's more about being uh, obeying when He calls us to do something. But God will flow through every available channel to bless His church. I remember when I was 17, 16 or 17, 17 or 18, the very first time I ever preached, I the church that that I was a part of um, did a really really good job fostering encouraging people's gifts and they were always encouraging people and and um, it just it was just a very healthy environment for the exercise of of gifts and we had a an altar. Um, one on one side of the church and one on the other side of the church. And I was there praying and um, the pastor there is, it was and is a mentor to me. And, and everybody had pretty much left the altar and it was just he and I there praying. And, and he started praying for me. And, and I looked up and I said, boy, the Lord gave me a burden. And I had a burden to talk to him. <laughs> 
he jumps up and he runs to the front of the church, runs to the post, says, Brother Josh has a burden he wants to share with us. I was like, I didn't have a burden to share with them. I had a burden to share with you. And so I was kind of committed at that point. And so I got up and shared the, the burden the Lord had put on my heart three or four minutes and sat down. Completely mortified, completely soaked with sweat, completely scared to death. And he said, Josh, I want to talk to you. And he took me into his office and he said something to me about humility and our gifts that I remember, I'll probably remember as soon as I sit down and I remember almost every day and I'd encourage you all to remember this as well. He said to me, he, he, sat, he looked at me and he said, Josh, he said, the greatest hindrance to God using us is the fact that he has used us in the past. Don't, we don't want to put God in a box. We don't want, we want to always remember that we are nothing more than a channel. That whatever God does through any one of us, no matter how visible or invisible it is, we are only a channel of God's power to God's people. And if we remember that, there will be such a freedom and such a growth in God's body because it won't be about you or me or Phil or Lisa or Carrie or John or Anthony. It'll be about Him. And the, if we remember, if we remember this, I believe God will grow this in our in among us in a way that we'll look back in a year or two and we will feel like we're instead of feeling like you know only seeing one or two gifts exercised really is like living in a desert with just survival rations to eat Living in a church like is described in the New Testament where every single one is giving the gift that God has given them is like living in a field, a green field of just unlimited possibilities of God's blessing. In our life. It's like Psalm 23 about being led by, green, by waters and green pastures and being fed. That's the way God wants it to be among us. He wants us to be fed. And he didn't do that. He didn't just do that through one gift or two gifts. He meant for every single gift in every single one of us to be used so that the body can grow. The last thing, the last thing I want to say before I close in stirring up our gifts is to be an encouragement. You know, one of the things that I love about looking at the church as a family is that mistakes are okay in a family. We are mistakes like not silencing your cell phone, 
<laughs> no, but mistakes are okay in a family. You know, when Corey started walking, I didn't, all with, when she would walk, all the one or two steps that she took, I mean, I was so happy, I could hardly stand it. The fall that she had at the end, I didn't even remember. That's the way it should be with us as a church. I, I think that there are enough combinations of gifts um, described in Scripture, and there are enough of mixes of personalities, like it said in 2 Corinthians, of ministries and activities, and you overlay all of that. There are so many possibilities of what God could do that the worst thing you can do is to say, ooh, I might not do it right. I might mess it up. I might not do it like so-and-so. I can't... I have a book by John MacArthur on expositional preaching. And no matter how much I read expositional, verse-by-verse preaching, that isn't the way God has made my mind to work. And I can't... But Reese, he goes through and... And it's beautiful. I can't, I can't compare myself to the, the, the vessel that Reese is and say, oh man, I can't do it that way, so I'm not going to do it at all. It's that way with every single gift that God would want to use among us. You could say, because I used an example of drawing a picture or uh, doing hand lettering, you could think, oh, I can't do that. I can't encourage that way, so I'm not going to try it all. You know, no, we're a family. And the, the worst thing we can do is to not try, is to not allow the Lord to let us be a channel. And if, some, if there's a mistake, if it doesn't come out right, guess what? We're a family. It's okay. I, I want to say something that I said at the very beginning. I think that it's important that these gifts that the Lord has given us are not only given in love, but that they're also received in love. There are certain people who you just receive love from easily. Betty has, Betty's got my number. I mean, she knows she can spoil me rotten without even trying. I mean, she just, oh, I know what would bless Josh, and I'm going to do this. In the same way, different ones of our spiritual gifts are going to minister more easily to others than from other people. But if that if if but if we are if we determine to receive the gifts that God gives to us in love, again, the church is going to be built up. In closing, turn with me very quickly to Matthew twenty five, verse number fourteen. Matthew 25, 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling in a far country who called his servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another he gave two, and another he gave one. To each according to his own ability 
and immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received five talents went and traded and made another five talents. And, and likewise, the, he who had received two gained two also. But he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long while, uh, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Um, and so he came to the one who gave five, who, who brought five talents and, and came and brought five talents and another uh, five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents, and look, I have gained five more talents beside. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, I have, you, have, you have delivered me two talents. I have gained two more besides them. And his, his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Um, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. And then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I hid your talent in the ground. Lord, there you have what is yours. I love how it says, I have hidden your talent in the ground. Now, it's just a coincidence that the word talent here is the same word we use for gift. It, it, it's actually a form of money. But I believe that in the last day, some form of these two questions are going to be asked us. Number one, what did you do with Jesus? We've been talking about the gospel. What did you do with the gospel? What did you do with Jesus? But I also believe that because this, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. This is a story of the kingdom of heaven. I believe that there will be an accounting. I believe that Jesus one day will ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? I don't want even one of us to be like that one who said, my God is a hard God, and I might mess up, so I'm going to dig my talent that I have in the ground. I'm going to leave it there and I'm not going to hurt it, but I'm not going to use it. The Lord did the Lord, our Lord and the Lord in this uh, of these servants didn't view that as faithfulness. I just want to encourage every single one of us. All we're called to be is a channel. It's not some kind of giant mystery. It's not. It's as simple as saying yes to the Lord. I have no doubt, and I'm probably going to get punched by Kerry for picking on his wife so much during this message, but Soretta could have said, you know, I'm really busy. Kerry's going to be hungry when he gets home. I have to teach all these boys. I don't have time. And we never would have known. And in the same way, each one of us can choose. Maybe it's a testimony. You know, we have an we always give each, we always have an opportunity for testimonies after our our this time. And 
maybe the Lord's put a testimony on your heart, a word of prophecy, a word of encouragement or exhortation or comfort that would bless somebody else in the church family. And you go, oh no, no, I'm not going to do that. Don't bury the talent that God has given you. Realize that God has allowed each one of us to be a channel for His power to each other. Praise the Lord.